I'm Jason Lewis. And I'm Todd DeShida. And I'm Thomas Mills. Welcome to uh, Climate Optimus. As a couple concerned citizens, we're on a journey to explore climate solutions and ways each of us can make a difference. So given it was looking increasingly likely that the U.S. Senate was you know, going to fall short on taking any real action on climate, we were preparing this week to do a short focused on, you know, really what could be done by President Biden, you know, with executive action to address the crisis. And the thing that's been talked about most is this idea of a, a climate emergency. Well, as we record this, the good news is that Democrats in the Senate have started again, moving forward with a climate bill. And just a couple of days ago, Senator Joe Manchin, who has been the deciding vote in whether this legislation can go forward, I think surprised everybody by saying he would support a modified version that they've been working on. And, you know, I think some of us are still in shock and wondering, is it, is it real? But I don't know, Todd, what do you make of the, the Manchin reversal? I'm stunned. No, it's, uh, <laughs> I am pleasantly surprised. I'm still kind of wondering like what the catch is or right. when the other shoe drops or what, I don't know. You know, it's like, is it some theatrics thing? And he backs out at the last minute. And, you know, the, obviously he didn't just say yes to everything, right? Like there's some, right. There's some catches in this thing for him. There's, he has a big pipe project. It's called Mansion's Big Pipe Project. No, I don't know what it's called. Uh, it's <laughs> you can look it up. It's like the Virginia. I don't know what the name of it is, but there's some language in this about being able to to build new pipe projects and other things. And you know, maybe that's the thing that's not being talked about that somebody's going to pull out of their back pocket. But I mean, it's a huge step. I mean, the both sides are selling this thing. Well, I say both sides. The Democrats are obviously selling this thing as this huge step in the right direction, especially in comparison to where we've been. You know, the Republicans are pissed, as usual. Senator John Barrasso says we should cut spending and unleash American oil and get natural gas production. Unleash it. And he called it a, an attack on the American family. Of course, there's it's just wild. like seven families in Wyoming where he's from, so <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. It's like 50 people and a bunch of sagebrush or something out there. But <laughs> and speaking of attacks on the American families, we're seeing disasters right now in, uh, in Kentucky. And this poor family just lost four of their kids in these floods, you know, and it's just it's heartbreaking. Right. So if we want to talk about American families and whatnot, I mean, there's definite consequences to doing nothing. And we're, we're seeing them. Absolutely. It's sort of crazy to me that, you know, there can even be a debate at this point about passing something, given that all this discussion is going on. Like you say, with the floods in Kentucky, there's, you know, out on the West Coast of the U.S., the heat has kind of moved from the east and now, you know, getting record temperatures out here, you know, fires. And of course, there's, you know, the heat wave that just hit Europe and, you know, the heat wave that's hitting China. I mean, it just, and I guess that leads me to the fact that I think you know, like you, it, it, it would be fantastic if we can pass this and like I'm crossing fingers. I think, you know, we need a plan B. And and that's really why we were going to talk about this climate mm -hmm. emergency declaration is, you know, yeah. we've got to have something else because th the stakes are way too high to be just betting on one option, right? I mean, I would argue we need a plan C and D as well. But this climate emergency declaration could be an imperfect tool, but a tool nonetheless, should the, the Senate deal fall apart again. Right. Right. 
so what, what, what is this climate emergency declaration or what is this plan B? So some of this is new to me, but the, basically this, these emergency powers were granted you know, about 50 years ago. And using an emergency declaration gives the president special you know, emergency powers, not superpowers, but emergency powers. And I guess it's been used by almost every president since it was passed. And most recently, folks may remember when you know, President Trump couldn't get Congress to approve funding for his border wall. And so he declared mm. an emergency and that freed up some funds. So it's used in a lot of other capacities. But what's been happening is you've got, uh, you know, the climate activist movement and you've got a group of Democratic senators that have really been leaning on President Biden to declare this there was a, a letter with like nine senators that went to him saying, you know, he needs to make this declaration. And Biden has clearly been feeling the pressure. And and I think that shows in his, you know, most recent executive action where there's quotes in there that say, since Congress isn't acting on this emergency, President Biden will. And other things like, you know, President Biden will not back down from addressing this emergency. So while he hasn't declared it, he was clearly telegraphing that that could be an option. So there's sort of this momentum that's been building. Um, and, and while it wouldn't be, again, a perfect tool, it would, it would open up some avenues for him to take some, some action on climate. So, so if this climate bill falls apart, though, what would it enable Biden to actually do? So in you know, reading through kind of what's out there, there's a number of things that have been cited. The, the top of the list are sort of, he could halt all new oil and gas drilling on federal lands, which would be a really big deal. You know, the reality is we get about 25% of our oil and gas production from federal lands. That's both onshore and offshore. So that would not be insignificant. Uh, he could also halt uh, crude oil exports. You know, we had a ban on crude oil exports, folks might remember, up until the Obama administration. And that had been in place since the 70s. And so Biden could potentially, you know, implement that again. And that would, you know, because of a number of sort of supply demand factors and pricing projected to, you know, reduce emissions on the order of like closing 42 coal plants. So it, it would be a big deal. He could also end offshore drilling. And so, you know, a lot of it really is in the realm of slowing down, pausing or stopping fossil fuel production. It, it would also free up some emergency funds that could be used, experts say, to, to fund things like renewable energy projects or efficiency stuff for low-income folks. So, you know, again, an imperfect tool, but I think it's something that, that needs to be out there as a, as a plan B because, you know, as I said before, it's like climate's too big. We can't wait, you know, till the next election cycle to be taking action. We need to take, take action now. So I guess that, you know, that leads to the question of like, well, what do we, you know, what do we do? And, you know, with Manchin's surprise announcement, in my mind, we should all be picking up the phone and calling Senate Democrats and really inundating them with calls because the fossil fuel lobby, now that Manchin has come out in, in favor of this climate bill, they're going to be working on any wavering Democrat to try to get them to, you know, to upend the bill. So, you know, I know calling your member of Congress or calling your senator, you know, may not be the most fun thing in the world to do, but this is this is really our moment right here. Like if this bill can pass, we're we're on the way to doing what we need to do in the US 
to hit, you know, the Paris targets. It would be huge. I think the fact that you have to say that we have to contact Democrats so that they don't falter really hits home the state of the Democrat Party. <laughs> right? I mean, that should be a given. Yeah, it should be. We should be, be talking I mean, about Republicans that are going to vote for the thing, you know, is what we should be talking about. I mean, I can't. It's outrageous. It is. It's just, and I certainly didn't appreciate the power that the fossil fuel lobby has, you know, until we, you know, we did our episode with the Union of Concerned Scientists on climate disinformation. And you start to realize when you look at the history that we would have had this thing addressed 20 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago, had the fossil fuel lobby not gotten involved. You know, everybody's sort of pointing the finger at Manchin or the Republicans, but the fossil fuel lobby is the one behind the scenes, you know, pulling the strings. I think it shines a terrible light on the democratic process, frankly, like that, you know, these companies have got so powerful that they can just lean on these Democrats. I mean, sure, as you said, the Republicans are a given, but lean on the Democrats and and swing their vote on this this issue you know, with a fear that they won't get funding for their next election campaign. I, I think that's where, where it goes back to the root cause of all of this and and that is the the corporate money in politics these days. It's just poisoning democracy. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And yeah, you take away the money, it's, you know, this all goes away, or at least a big chunk of it goes away. You know, it's no accident that the fossil fuel lobby has spent this last election cycle giving more money to Joe Manchin than any other senator and, you know, giving a ton of money to Kirsten Cinema, who's another Democratic senator who's been kind of wavering on stuff. They knew once the Democrats took the Senate that their only vehicle to stop legislation was to target those two senators. And so they've just dumped a heap of money into their, as you say, their their reelection funds. So, yeah. Yeah. So, everybody, pick up the phone, call your senator. Guys, you have any recommendations on calling your senator? I have some names you could call them. <laughs> Make that call, though. Uh, this This really is positive news with Manchin's term, but we need to make sure that this that gets through the Senate. Well, that's it for this week's short. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, come back next week for more climate solutions and reasons for hope. Climate Optimist is made possible by Climate Stewards Collective. You can find us on the web at climateoptimist.co. And as always, don't forget to follow us on social at Climate Optimist Podcast.